gents, how you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for coming. Tech and beer, is this place on fire or what? Yeah. Are we rocking this or what? I tell you what, I can't think of another tech event that is anywhere near as good as it. Well, maybe actually South by Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> and actually Ted talked to me quite well as well. But apart from that, there's that. I've heard of them. You've heard of them. You know those, do you? He's been around. Uh, so, listen, thanks so much for making... Everything we do at Tech and Beer is such a huge success. Um, we could do it about the, the, the work and, and, and the support of the tech community. So it really does mean a lot that you guys come out every time, every time, and get involved. It really does mean a lot, so I really appreciate it. We actually get, um, I think we get some people come down from Norwich. I don't know if they're in here. There they are, Norwich, the Norwich posse in the house. And I think they get... <laughs> Easy. Um, <laughs> A King's Lynn, I think there's someone come from King's Lynn. They just don't want to admit it. Okay, what's that? I totally get that. I totally get that. Sheffield and Sheffield. Sheffield. Sheffield in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, round of applause for Sheffield. There you go, a Mexican wave of one. Australia, mate. We've got an Australian in the house. A wave of Australia just to be here. Where? He's going back tomorrow. Oh, he's going back tomorrow. <laughs> okay. There you go. And where's Ishtvan here? Where is Ishtvan? I can't see. There he is. My buddy over here has come all the way from Budapest Whoa. to be yeah. here tonight. Ishtvan. Put your hand up, mate. There he is. Very cool guy. Very cool guy. He's here tonight as well. So we've got like, yeah, seriously international crowd. Um, and, and obviously this is Karen, she's working with me tonight. She's come all the way from Bar Hill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. The efforts that some people will go to just to be a part of this movement. It's amazing. So, uh, so thank you so much. Okay, so look, um, you know that we're always refining and trying to improve it and, and do something new with tech and beer. It's really important that we don't just kind of find our groove. You know, we don't just find something that works and just keep hammering away at it. And, it, you know, we don't, you know, and just ignore everyone's feedback. That's not what we do. Um, because if it was, we'd be just as stale and boring as every other networking event in Cambridge, quite frankly. So, um, so we try to do something different, and we bring together people from different areas of tech. So people, this is real collaboration, because you can't collaborate in a room where everyone does the same job. You know, like, we're all Python developers. Great. You know, or we're all data scientists. Great. You know. So we try to mix it up. So I guess there's only really one, if, I, if, there, if there were a rule at all, um, I would just say uh, a tech and beer, it would be, you know, don't, don't do that sales thing, okay? Just be a human, be a nice human, okay? So when you see someone standing by themselves and maybe, you know, they've, got, they've never been here before, could be the first time, go say hi, yeah? Go say hi. Um, and don't try flogging your stuff to people, that would be great. Uh, okay, I'm talking to you, recruitment consultant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Except for, of course, if you're sponsoring our event. Um, <laughs> do what you like, I don't care. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so um, as a consequence of, of the success that we've had so far, uh, this is a big announcement. Um, I was up at the United Kingdom Science Park Association meeting yesterday. It exists, it's a real thing. Uh, I was there, uh, up in Birmingham, and they were a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and it looks like we're going national. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that? Thank you. Thank you. It's all me. It's all me. So, so I'll go back to cough as well. So, yeah, we're going national. We're going to roll this thing out. Um, 
We've got a line of merchandise on the website now, which is a complete rip-off of lots of other people's brands. Uh, but, but it's really cool. It doesn't work, you have to reload the page as well. I don't know what about. We'll have to fix that. But So we've got merch on the site now. And we've got to start putting all the content from these talks um, onto the website as well, so we can share all that great energy and all that enthusiasm for what we're doing tech. So really exciting stuff. Um, okay, so normally Yasmin's upstairs. Where is Yasmin? Is she here? No, she's... No, she's not here. Okay. So we normally have Yasmin on the stage. Uh, tonight, uh, we, I ha I'm ably assisted by Karen. This is Karen over here. So, so uh, Karen, these are the guys. Uh, guys, this is Karen. Hi, Karen. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so she's going to be working with me tonight and having to put up with my nonsense. Um, but there you go. So then, without any further ado, uh, let's crack on. So, well, this is why we're here, let's be honest. Uh, and I've not had any of that tonight, by the way. Has anyone gone without pizza? Is anyone as sad as me? Yeah. 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 That's like, but yeah, I spent 500 quid on pizza, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one bloody slice. What the hell? So, so you did get uh, some. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Is it? Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed my pizza. Anyhow. So that's what we are. Right. Now, the big, the, the big news is, okay, so look, we love our sponsors. If it wasn't for our sponsors, we wouldn't have that or that. Um, so, you life are in the house tonight. We're going to hear from one of the guys. So, yeah, the, girls, stand up. This is, these are the, the, the you crew. Uh, so, there they are. I, uh, we've got uh, George, George, Georgia. I keep calling her Georgina. Georgia, Giovanni, Giovanni, and Maya. and Maya. There we go. So, if you want to know about you life, these guys are here tonight. Uh, please do talk to them, and they're actually really nice people as well, which is also a, a benefit, of course. And I'm not saying that because they gave me thousands of pounds. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. Uh, okay, so grab those guys, um, and their their, their co-founder and CTO is going to be here tonight on stage, uh, sharing some experience with us and completely ignoring all the rules of. Second beer, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see how we get some with that. Uh, right, okay. Let's talk about let's talk about our prize. Do you want to come over here and uh, explain to the good folks of Cambridge and surrounding areas? So this electric scooter is our amazing prize that you can win. So all we need you to do to be in with a chance of winning it is to post as much as you can all over social media. So particularly LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. So share as much as you can, as much as you like. Videos, pictures would be great. Hashtags. So CTAB, ULIFE, um, and Cambridge Tech and Beer if you really want to spend ages typing. Um, so put as much as you can all over the, uh, the social. And um, all evening that's running throughout the evening. And then the winner will be decided, I think, tomorrow. So we're giving you the whole night to keep posting and stuff. So just put all the positive stuff that you can on there and be in with a chance to win that. So Im images, videos, the whole lot, put it all on there. Now, where's Andrew from Alstone? There he is. This man has been on it all week. Hashtag so like, hashtag <laughs> he is like so far ahead. So you guys, I mean, he's, he might as well That's take the, the black skin. <laughs> you, you guys, if you want to win it off of this man over here, you need to be hashtagging the shit out of that. Okay? So get on it. Um, it's a great little scooter. I've actually got one myself, um, and it's actually got a puncture. But never mind. Um, but they're really cool. They're really cool. They're really good fun. Uh, and you probably won't kill yourself on it, so it should be good. You're right. <laughs> right. Then again, you might. I don't know. Uh, okay, speakers. Right, okay. 
speakers, rules of engagement. Um, I'm saying, am I doing that bit? I'm doing that bit. Yeah, you're doing that yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm doing that bit. Okay, so those of you who have been regular, is anyone new, by the way, to Tech and Beer? Wow, we've got some newbies. Okay, so we're going to do the human sacrifice in a while. But, um, <laughs> but before we do, uh, we've, got, we've got rules. Uh, the rules of engagement, we're a bit hard on this. Okay, so each of our speakers tonight, of whom we have five, uh, will have six minutes each to present. Um, they can have as many slides as they want, um, but they can only have a maximum of five words per slide. Um, and not everyone adheres to that, but that's up to them. I'm not going to get involved. Um, the content must be tech-related and non-salesy. So basically, it's just going to be interesting. Okay. Uh, and the big thing is, in terms of deciding who wins, well, it's you guys. Would you like to explain? Cameron? I would like to explain. So there's an app called Slido, or you can <coughs> just go in on your browser, um, Slido. And all you need to do is put in C-Tab into where it asks you to do it. And then the five speakers will come up and you just need to click on your favourite. It's as simple as that. And then the winner... Did Jasmine do it? Do, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all done. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> sorted. <laughs> so you can download that at any point throughout the evening. Um, so it's there, ready to go. And then all you have to do is do that. Simple. Okay, so you guys are going to choose. So as you're watching the speakers tonight, make a note of, wow, this guy's inspired me so much. Or... Really is bad. You know? <laughs> Whatever. None of them will be bad, of None course. None of them will they're be all bad. They're all wonderful. They're all wonderful. Some are more wonderful than others. Okay. So, uh, right. It's that, that's that. And then we go. Oh, right. I think it's our first speaker. Amazing. Should we do that? Let's. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the order now. So I've just got to open, open this. Does anyone know how to use an iPad? There we go. So. Bear with me, music to me. My Evernote. All oh, right, yeah, that's the course. Okay, so uh, first up tonight, please welcome a big Cambridge Tech and Beer welcome for our man from You Life. It is Josh. <laughs> Um, so, all right, I'm going to do this really quickly because I have six minutes and I wrote this on the train. So there's like 20 slides in it and I'm going to have to get through them very fast. So apologies if I'm speaking too quickly, just get over it. So uh, I'm going to take you to 2004. 2004 is quite a long time ago. Um, and some people may have looked a bit like this. I did. Um, just gives you a vibe of kind of where we're at. Uh, and on the 23rd of November, something very important happened in my life and in many others. A computer game was released. A computer game called World of Warcraft. Now, I was thinking of all the things we could talk about tonight, and the biggest thing, and I look after product, is digital product design, and what can we learn from all this game stuff, and here's a bit of a story around that. So World of Warcraft comes out. For those of you that don't know what the hell World of Warcraft is, it is a game where you are a hero. You build an avatar. Uh, I chose a Tauron, which is kind of like a cow. Uh, it gets dropped into, a, into this kind of virtual landscape. There are enormous landscape, big islands, and you can kind of explore these islands, and you make friends, and you level up, and it's all about self-improvement, kind of bringing yourself from, you start at level one, and you're progressively finding things in the universe that's being presented to the world, and you're equipping them, and you're becoming more powerful, more able, it's more exciting every minute, and kind of, you can live in this world, it's quite exciting. Then, 
what then happens is you make friends. So you build real relationships with people, and you do kind of exciting raids together, where you gather up and you defeat a very big boss that is like Ragnaros, like a very scary big boss, and then you celebrate, and it takes you months to do this. Now, okay, so... <laughs> I want to fast forward it to 2019, which is, says 2010 here, because it's like, it's a mistake. Actually, no, 2010. So 2010, I was 20 years old, and I made an enormous discovery, which is that people who build software, it's not exciting. It's actually incredibly boring. And uh, most of the people you end up working with and the ideas that they have look like this. And they are not the kind of people that come up with good ideas that anyone wants to use. And, and it seems that all they ever care about is money. And it's about money. Does this make money? How does this make money? And they, they just don't get it. And for those of you that want to build cool things, and all those of you that have built cool things, you'll know that that's what matters. Um, so one day um, in the more recent future, I was looking at the tube, and I noticed something a bit weird. Um, basically, all these people are staring at their phones, and I was wondering, what are they staring at? And you know when people have the sun, and you're thinking, you know what they're staring at. Um, <laughs> but like with phones, Im initially you think that's what they're looking at, but then you progressively realize, because you see that's not what they're doing, they're playing Candy Crush. They're playing computer games. And suddenly, this 2004 nerd that loved World of Warcraft has relevance. It's really exciting. So games have become cool. They're a, ne like a phenomenon that everyone is participating in. Suddenly, the experience <laughs> and the number of hours and months for Ragnaros are relevant. And it, it was a good adventure. So let's talk about product development and what we can learn from this. Good product. This is what the consultancies you will meet and the people who don't know or have never built a product that anyone has actually used will tell you. Lean startup is the religion. Agile methodologies are how we create things that people want to use. Bullshit. That's not how it works. Um, <laughs> it's wrong. Not, uh, for those of you that know that already, welcome. Um, the thing that you should be reading if you want to build things that people will use is uh, A Hero's Journey. Uh, understanding uh, Star Wars, understanding the universe that they've created and that they've engulfed people's experience in. Um, uh, something like Bartle's Taxonomy of Players, understanding people's desires, what they want. We have killers who want to dominate, achievers who want to min-max, get three stars in that game of Candy Crush, socialites who want to play with other people in a fellowship, and explorers who want to understand the mechanics of the game that they're being presented with. There are two things that I would love you to take away from this. Control and escape. Present people with a world where they feel in control so they understand the parameters of their participation. Escape, which is the adventure away from this being into something that is different, something that obfuscates this reality to some expanse, and present them with a universe that is um, meaningful that they can participate in. Why should you listen to me? Well, because we did a thing. We made a product. Now, this is where I sell. I'm the founder of a company. i got to pitch. There's too many people here not to. Um, basically... I'm a group life insurer, because that's something that companies need, and most of them have, and those that don't have should be having, because they should be taking care of the families of the loved ones that the people who work there have. Um, we have group life, and then we built a game to focus on living your best life, and then we reward you with really cool shit, like uh, Avios points for walking, Now TV vouchers, Amazon vouchers, um, sofa sounds, music gigs, eat smoothies, all this crap. Anyway. I don't know if that was six minutes. I'm very sorry if it wasn't. I blitzed it at the end, and I kind of popped out on my little bit of a pitch. But I think the key thing I would love you to take away from that, the idea I would like you to leave this conversation with, is that people, if you can look at games as something that is what's gripping the nation and the world, and understand why is it gripping the world, and ask yourself that question endlessly, next time you're thinking about a product that you're designing or working on, and see, is this more interesting than playing Fortnite this evening? I think you may be presenting yourself with an interesting question that you need to answer. Anyway, thank you. That was Josh. He's the uh, CTO and co-founder of Ulife. He's a very important man.
Okay, right, let's carry on. So that was Josh, right. Our next speaker is someone incredible. If I could just find the thing. Here we go. Smooth, man. Really smooth. Oh, it's seamless. Right. Now, uh, we, we actually do a lot of work with guys at uh, Cambridge Results. They, they, they've really contributed to uh, supporting us by giving us loads of amazing people. Um, they're doing some incredible work. And it's incredibly diverse. So we're really, 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 really proud to be able to represent some of the people on stage here at Tech and Beer. Um, and so I'm really pleased to be able to say that we've got another one of their geniuses coming to see us today. From Cambridge Consultants. Did you like that, Chris? Please welcome. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. oh, yeah. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's incredible in every way. She eats all her greens at dinner time. My mum and dad love her. Um, please welcome Ellen. <laughs> yesterday because it didn't play the song that I was requesting. I don't think it understands my Scottish accent. My period tracking app assumes that I'm straight and all I want to use it for is to know if I will be pregnant or not. <laughs> I couldn't go on my spacewalk on Friday because there wasn't a spacesuit ready that would fit me. In fact, I have to remove parts of my bulletproof vest sometimes because it doesn't fit over my chest properly. I tried to use an automatic soap dispenser the other day, but it couldn't detect my hands because of the color of my skin. And I have to wear a white mask when I'm testing the robot that I'm programming because of the facial recognition software. My CV was automatically rejected by a company's recruitment algorithm because it had inferred from past data that women were less preferable candidates. I couldn't access the women's changing rooms at the gym because the system thinks that having doctor as my title means that I'm a man. And Facebook just reminded me with a cutesy video that on this day a year ago, my friend passed away. So how these products and their creators have failed their users boils down to two reasons. Either nobody realized these potential failure modes existed, or it was assumed that these failure modes were not important enough to fix. Let's look at the first cause. Nobody realized where it might go wrong. So everyone could be subject to this thing called inattentional blindness. It's when you're focused on a specific task, you can miss something that's right in front of your eyes, like when you're searching for your sunglasses and they're right on top of your head. How many of you spotted the gorilla in the famous video, right? In everyday life, this phenomenon can be the source of silly mistakes. Um, but in product development, this can be the source of very serious problems being overlooked. Missing a semicolon in your code is one thing, but missing an entire user group's interaction with your product is another. When the main objective for a product is to delight your user, where the product might distress the user is often overlooked, especially when that user experiences the product in a different way. Secondly, they, they identified the potential failures that might occur but did not see them as important enough to fix. So what determines how a failure is measured in terms of its impact on the user population? 
Think about how you experience using a product, like a mobile phone. I'm very aware of how I struggle to use my phone, but less aware of how someone else might struggle if they had larger hands than me, or if they lived in a more humid country, or if they had dyslexia. So who are these products being designed for? What defines a standard use when everyone's individual experiences are so different? And how are companies finding and interpreting their data on their users? So as much as we like to think that they don't, our backgrounds really heavily influence our experience of the world and hence the technology within it. Socioeconomic status, ethnicity, disability, sexuality, gender identity, etc., are all factors that can affect how products might fail you. So user studies is where we try and fix this. We should be able to get a clear idea of a range of interactions. But those rely on having a candidate pool that reflects the population, enough money to conduct the study, and the ability to gather useful and reliable insights from those users before and after you introduce it into the market. Impacting change based on that user data that you gather then relies on the interpretation and analyses of these studies and then how you present them to the decision makers. The decision makers, be it investors or project managers or engineers, must be convinced of the risk involved. But what if they can't see it as being any more than an edge case, an unlikely occurrence floating in a sea of standard use cases that they might adjust for in a later iteration? To design the best products possible, we cannot rely on homogenous teams. We need to prioritise and normalise a variety of different thinking styles whilst taking steps to ensure that we are acting on these thoughts appropriately. And I know that as tech companies in 2019, we still can't hire workforces that completely reflect society because it just isn't coming out of the education systems yet. However, we can ensure that our workplaces are inclusive of all the diversity that we already have. A sense of belonging is so important to your employees, especially if they already feel marginalised in society. Every, encouraging every single one of your employees to bring their thoughts to the table and listen to each other's perspectives naturally brings forth different ways of thinking in everyone. This means you need to accommodate different ways of working to ensure that you're sharing out your opportunity fairly. This, not only, this also benefits your business by opening up previously unexplored areas in tech, those which have not been deemed important enough before to the decision makers. So I'd like to introduce you to something called the Pebble. So this is a device that um, we made at Cambridge Consultants and it was designed to alleviate the symptoms of menopause. Women at various stages of their menopause were present in both the user studies and the project team, and the design was refined for them and by them. Prototypes were created and critiqued, and users were actively included in all stages of the design process. This is an accurate representation of the final product going to manufacture, and this was made to allow women to cool uh, numerous parts of their bodies in an inconspicuous way, wherever they were. But this was really far from the team's original idea of, of a smartwatch-like device. And even though the, the project manager themselves um, was a, a woman in her middle ages, she still did not see that this was the best product to have. Um, one thing that's really lovely that came out of it is actually the men that were involved in the team, because obviously it's, you can't have a team full of, um, of women of that demographic. Um, but they had never really learned about uh, menopause before, and they were able to then integrate that knowledge into their lives um, and the women that are part of it. <coughs> so, by designing and verifying our products to be accessible to the range of users in our society, we ultimately end up with better products, and no uncomfortable realizations later down the line. Particularly concerning the rapid uptake of AI and deep learning, unbiased training data are more important than ever, and we must take care not to codify the past while inventing the future. As product developers, we may not always get it right first time, 
but being aware of the unconsciousness of our biases and taking active steps to address them, as well as challenging the decisions made throughout our development processes, will ultimately, ultimately allow us to create the most successful and innovative products possible. Designing with diversity in mind does not limit us. It makes our products more universally relevant. And now, some good examples. I can now check my watch without having to look at it because it's designed for people who are visually impaired and it uses haptic stimuli to display the time. I can use my breast pump discreetly in public, which means that I can go back to work when my baby's still young. My radar key automatically opens the bathroom door for me so I don't need to use my hands. And my company have redesigned our workspaces to accommodate the neurodiversity of our employees. Thank you very much. Actually, while we're halfway through, I just want to mention as well, don't forget to keep hashtagging if you want to win this thing, okay? That's like 400 quid's worth of e-scooter there, okay? You should get at least 200 when you sell it on eBay. So, uh, <laughs> so, so keep hashtagging. Um, by the way, I should also, also mention that, um, actually, it was actually jo Josh over here from Ulife is the guy that actually paid for that as well. So there you go. Thank you so much, buddy. There you go. He's a good man. We love him. So, uh, Okay, now we are, obviously we are, we're driven by tech. That's what we do, we're tech and beer. We're also driven by beer, because we're tech and beer. But um, every once in a while, you kind of meet someone and you think, you know, this person could do something really interesting at our next session. And I met a guy called Pete. I like to call him Breathy Pete. And he, <laughs> he hates it that I call him that, so I do it more. Um, and Pete is, actually I don't even know how to explain. Do you know what, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to let him do it, yeah? Should we get him up? This is very, uh, this involves a lot of require, a, a, a lot of involvement from yourselves. Okay, you need to get into this. This is part participative. Is that a word? No, it's not. Is that, did you make up a word? Participative. It's cool. It works. No. You've got to get involved. You've got to do it as well. Okay. So, uh, anyhow, uh, you're going to love this, but you need to get into it. Okay. So, open your minds and free your soul. Please welcome live on stage. It's Breezy Pete. Thanks so much for the welcome, Tech and Beer. So, I've got a thought that uh, you are the technology. And your breath is the remote to your technology. So I've found, in my experience, that using my breath, I can, <coughs> I can change my mind, I can focus my mind, I can energise my mind. I can relax my mind. So what I'd like to do is, um, if you want, <laughs> make you guys more powerful. Would you like to be more yeah. powerful? Yay! Yeah. So if you want to be more powerful, um, I'm going to give you. I'm going to show you a breathing technique, and then we'll do it together, and we'll just see what happens. You up for that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just do it. 
So I'm going to close my eyes. Right, so for this, I'd recommend getting a tissue and blowing your nose before you start. So, so what I'm doing, hands by the sides, up in the air, hands open, and then pulling down. So if you guys are up for it, let's give this a go and see if... What I'm saying is that my breath is my remote control to my mind. That's crazy, right? But what if, what if I'm right? So should we give it a go? Yeah. Okay. So let's just do, we'll just do three breaths together, and then I'll check that you're all doing it as good as you can. And then, and then we'll, do, we'll do three sets of 15, okay? So you ready? Everyone's got enough space? Okay. So hands on the space. You guys have got this. You guys have got this. You're already smiling, okay? So we breathe in, and we breathe just through our noses, okay? And then we breathe out. And it's a forceful breath, okay? So we're breathing in. Yeah, you got it? So it's kind of like a snot rocket, okay? That's the level that we're going at, okay? So you're ready. So we'll do two more, okay? So we'll go. Oh my word, you guys have got this. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to do three rounds of 15 breaths, okay? And we're going to see, we're going to see if that changes our mind. So right now, I want you to take a moment to just check in with your mind. What's your state of mind? You're feeling happy? You've got some beer in you? Do you know what I mean? It's Thursday night, you're feeling good. Maybe you're not feeling good. Like, just check in with yourself. But if, uh, you know, just check in. Just think, okay, how am I doing? What's my state of mind, okay? All right, you got that? You're taking a note? Make a note? You know, maybe... Maybe rate yourself out of 10. You know, how am I feeling out of 10? All right, just, you got it? Okay, so for this exercise, we're going to keep the energy inside our bodies. One of the ways we can do that is by closing our eyes. Okay, so I invite you to close your eyes. I'm going to have my eyes open, make sure no doors slam or anything. But I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes for as much as possible. And then afterwards, I'm just going to guide us in like two minute, not even that meditation. Okay? You can open your eyes whenever you want, but let's go for this. Okay, so... Hands in a loose fist beside the shoulders. Take a normal deep breath in, and then let go. And then with the hands in the air, it's breathing through the nose. We're going to breathe in, out, in, out, in, out. You guys have got this. Four, 100%, five. Keep those eyes closed. Six, seven, in, eight, nine. 10, you're awesome. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay, relax. Keep your eyes closed. Just observe the body. Is it tingling? What are the sensations? How's the mind doing? Are you smiling? Are you feeling grumpy? Just tap into what you're feeling. Okay, second round, let's go. Hands in a loose fist, smile on the face, take a normal deep breath in, and let go. And together, breathe in, out, in, out, three, four, hands open at the top, five, six, you've got this, seven, eight, nine, ten, keep going, eleven, 
after you are the technology okay your breath is the remote okay final round let's go hands in a loose fist smile on the face here we go take a normal deep breath in and let go and together breathe in out in out three you got it four five six seven eight hundred percent Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and relax. Take it easy. Keep your eyes closed. Okay, observe the sensations in the body, the noises in the room. Relax the body. Keep your eyes closed. Take a normal deep breath in and let go, observe your feelings, observe your thoughts. Observe your state of mind. Observe your joy. When you feel comfortable, you can open your eyes. Okay, so this breath is called the power breath. You can use it when your energy is low. So it's a great substitute for coffee or even in the morning, like if you do three rounds of this, so it's three rounds of 15. Um, and then even if you're like doing any meditation or, or anything that requires focus, so even if you're creating a project or you need to focus for a certain amount of time, this breath will give you a hit that will increase your power. Okay? So well done for being more powerful. Yeah? You enjoy it? It's good. So you guys have got the power to control your own mind by using your breath. If you want to learn more of these techniques, we're doing an intro session same time. Uh, in the boardroom, so in this building next week, so starting at 5.30 and um, yeah, any questions come find me just enjoy your breath <laughs> some really good footage of the whole room doing this. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. It's really great to see everyone so far. Thank you so much. Right. We've got two more speakers to go. Our fourth speaker is combining art and technology in ways that no one has done before that I'm aware of. And I'm kind of unaware. But, you know, but she's doing amazing stuff. And she's doing it right here in Cambridge as well. Um, she's got a new show coming up, which is very exciting, uh, down at the Cambridge Junction. Please welcome on stage 
Rachel Drury from Collusion. <laughs> sell on art, but I'm now too relaxed to do that. Um, so I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about who Collusion are. Um, it's not just me. I can't take all the credit for what we do. We are um, a very small organisation, a micro-business and not-for-profit based at Cambridge Junction. Um, we l we're interested in the way and the, the impact of new technologies on society. So we're interested in how people are interacting with uh, technologies. Um, and um, how we came about is uh, that about five years ago, a bit more, six years ago now, I was working for Arts Council England, the National Development Agency, and I was working in lots of towns and cities across the UK to develop um, sort of the, the indigenous cultural strengths of a place, so what they should be leading on. And the thing about Cambridge, I thought, is why isn't it the lead place in the country for arts and technology work? Why isn't it creating work that no one else is doing? Why is Brighton and Manchester and Bristol doing these amazing technology projects? Why is everyone saying, you know, have you seen the Hallow Lamp post from Bristol? So why wasn't it happening here? So I did a sabbatical um, at the computer lab, talked to loads of tech companies, talked to people like you, really found we're all just creative people looking to do interesting things. Uh, and so that's the thing we, we, we set up Collusion for. So really it's about working with artists, technologists and academics. It, and we don't pigeonhole people, that's very broad categories. And working together to do interesting things. And so really it's about building on that latent opportunity, doing really interesting things, really curious things, and working with lovely people like Katie. So we work with uh, loads of different people, um, including uh, Cambridge Consultants, a big partner. We'll talk about one of the things we're doing with them later. But um, we also work outside Cambridge in lots of towns and cities, and I'll show you a bit about the work we've been doing there too. Uh, but say the, the clue is very much in the name. We work with other people. We don't do anything on our own. And we really want to um, create a situation where anything can happen. We bring interesting people together and, and create that situation and then look at what we can do together and then find a way to do it. So... Um, the kind of things that we do, so um, this is actually um, uh, one of our meetups. So you might be part of our arts and technology meetup um, network that meets at Cambridge Junction. This one was on artificial intelligence, and actually this speaker here um, looks at diversity um, in artificial intelligence, and so he makes people feel very unnerved with the way he approaches it as an artist, but it's a very interesting session. Um, this is a stop-motion capture workshop we did recently, working with Anglia Ruskin University, getting artists to test. Um, the kit, and actually we did some really novel work with Anglia Ruskin's motion capture team that allowed them to um, live animate an avatar with someone in the suit for the first time. So again, it was always, whoever we work with, we want everyone to benefit in a mutually interesting way. It's not about someone giving link things to the arts. It's all about you know working together in interesting ways. So another thing we do is uh, maker, maker events. So this is one from uh, Barry St. Edmunds. Um, and a project, um, an artist whose name's completely just escaped my head, um, was doing there. But the maker fairs are designed to bring all kinds of people together in interesting networks and have workshops and interesting events that kind of bring, uh, create new networks and partnerships and interesting um, ways of doing things. And we also work a few projects in places. So this launched, I think, two we weeks ago now. We built Minecraft in it. 
whiz beach in Minecraft. So a place that is actually only 30 miles away from here but takes an hour and 15 minutes to drive is now internationally accessible at a click of a button through the internet. So um, that's the kind of project we do. And uh, last but not least, this is a very big project we did in Kings Lynn last year. So it's a, a six-week project using the set of external projectors they've got in the town to create um, a story and narrative using interactivity and augmented reality treasure hunt live action theatre, we did it all, it was very exciting and there's films you can watch on our website. So what launches um, a week tomorrow, so we're pretty uh, knackered at the moment, is uh, the, the big showcase of work we've been working on for a while now. Um, so uh, it's the end of a, the culmination of a three year programme but essentially in uh, November 2017 we selected um, a group of artists to work with us as part of a 12-month R&D process. So when the artists applied to do this, we asked for great ideas about projects that would look <coughs> at, explore AI, uh, virtual augmented reality, and data culture. Most importantly, we didn't ask them how, they could, how to do the project. They didn't have to know how technically how to do it. We just wanted great ideas. So the selection panel brought together um, all of our partners, and we chose some really interesting ideas and then worked with those artists over 12 months as part of an R&D project. And um, we're now seeing the culmination of those projects. And um, you know, just to make life really hard for ourselves, you know, most cities have redundant buildings. You can do this kind of showing. Cambridge doesn't have any, so we're building our own pavilions, um, which uh, is happening outside the junction now. If anyone's been down there in the last week, that's happening at the moment. So that's it. Uh, the show, you've got a flyer on your um, chair. So um, please come down to the show. It opens uh, fully to the public next Friday. Um, it's Friday like no, no, thankfully not tomorrow. A week <laughs> on Friday. It's not ready yet. Don't come tomorrow. Um, and uh, it's open from 11 till 7 daily, apart from Sundays. Um, you'll get to see really exciting things like the AI in there, which is actually um, the aficionado developed by Cambridge Consultants. And so essentially that's driving the narrative of the film. So the music plays, the film changes, depending on the music. Um, and if you, you know, we're just coming up to the end of a three-year programme. We're looking for more colluders going forward. We've got projects we want to work with people on um, around passive gaming in Kings Lynn, Antarctica 2020, summer schools at uh, the junction, mixed reality programmes, some stuff here as well. So please come and talk to me about that if you're interested. Thank you very much. Um, don't forget, we're taking your votes very soon on the uh, Slido Apple website. Uh, we've got one more presentation tonight. Um, the guys at Dress Code are coming up. Um, I should mention as well, they actually gave me this shirt. <laughs> yeah, and again, go on. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Why did I feel so good? I don't know. So this is what they do. They make these really cool shirts, um, which are all technical. It's got little mouse thingies on it. Uh, and uh, we're going to hear something from them tonight. Now, they're actually going to show us. Are we going to do this? You're going to do it? We're going to do it? We're going to do it? Okay, we're going to do it. Folks, we're going to do it. We're going to do this is a world exclusive, never been done 
anywhere in the world before. It's happening here tonight at Tech and Beer. We are announcing a new technology, the likes of which will just blow your little minds, I'm telling you. Just, it blew my mind, it blew my mind. That's just incredible. So please welcome to the stage, Andy and Ed from Dresco. Good evening, Cambridge. Okay. Let's see if we can get this show on the road. Ooh. Tech, tech fail. Gone wrong way. Up. Yeah, there we go. All right. Okay. I'm Andy Boothman. I'm founder of Dresscode. Um, we make shirts that basically reflect tech. Um, it inspires everything we do. We love it. And we've been lucky enough to be featured in GQ. Uh, we're regularly on the BBC with Dan Sodergren. Um, Brian Solis is a big fan. He's recently been wearing our shirts at South by Southwest and Social Media World. And we've even hobnobbed with uh, the glitterati of the fashionista world. And that's uh, Gucci, um, world director there. So that's a little bit about us. Over to Ed to tell us about Ensign. Okay, so uh, mistakenly from Ken there, I don't actually work for Andy. Um, I run Ensign, which is a global audience intelligence consultancy. Um, we're fortunate enough to work with some of the largest brands in the world, uh, which is fantastic, including some good fashion brands, one or two of which you may see there. Um, and uh, Andy introduced me to his new project uh, with Dresscode about a year or so ago, and we were very, very excited to get involved. And so this is the story of how we've worked them so far and how this fantastic innovation has come out of it. So, do we have the right slide? So, um, we, as an audience intelligence consultancy, we take data from a range of sources, social data, online, online panel data, trend data, and we work with brands to help them understand the behaviours and preferences of their audiences. Um, can you click? Yeah. So, in the case of this one, uh, we were looking at technology behaviours, the interest and passion, passion of the audiences, and the shopping behaviors. But obviously, this is going to be so we'll just talk about technology. Now, Andy had kind of four key audiences that he wanted to understand in depth. Uh, this fella here, uh, oh, he's gone. <laughs> this fella here is a young tech professional, an older tech professional, there in his uh, turtleneck, obviously like Steve Jobs. Uh, <laughs> corporate, corporate professional who's so great that he's got his back to you. Um, and uh, uh, also, you know, being inclusive as well, a female tech professional too. So these are the four groups that we were looking at. Um, <laughs> got to take the boxes. Um, these are the four groups we were looking at, and we run analysis over their technology behaviours to try and understand where there were kind of defining points in their technology use that Andy could potentially use to inform product development. So the first one of the most surprising things that we saw was that compared to almost everybody else in Europe, um, these audiences, these four audience groups that we've segmented, were over-indexing um, for the use of NFC technology. So near-field communication, as you probably may know, uh, it's what you use on your mobile phone to pay stuff, if you do that, using Google Pay or Apple Pay. Um, it's starting to be a more and more common technology, but we actually found that all of these audiences over-indexed on it. We also found uh, that for the older tech audience, who are the kind of most active users of NFC, um, that they kind of um, expected the brands that they, they favoured to help simplify their lives. So one of the data points that we have is 
or data point sets and they have these really kind of the expectations that, that, that these audiences have from brands and the kind of simplification of, uh, of their lives was one thing that they looked at. Also, for all four of the audiences, product innovation was the number one expectation of brands, including fashion brands, that they had. So with those insights in mind, we pass them over to Andy. Uh, and Andy, uh, he's not very happy there, but he's just deep in thought. <laughs> deep in thought. <laughs> he's deep in thought, he's processing all of this, and this is what he came up with. Thanks very much, Ed. And um, I'd just like to say that it's been amazing to kind of get this data insight around. You've got gut feelings about where things are going, and you think you've got ideas about where it might be, but to actually have the data behind it to, to back that up and give you the direction made a huge difference to what we're doing. So what have we been doing? Well, we've got our unique designs, and we felt it would be nice to take some wearable tech and bring that into it, and contactless as well, um, into a high-quality product, which is where we're at, but also have a proven service with it. Now, we're a fashion design company. We're not, we, whilst we love tech and we like to play with it, we're not brilliant at uh, developing it. So that meant reaching out to somebody that knows about this sort of stuff. And that's where these two guys here got involved. This is uh, Dean and Nigel from K Wearables. Um, they've got a strong track record in this area, so they've developed a whole lot of different things. Um, they've got industry accreditations, and what I really liked about their product was the ease at which you could use it. Um, and so we started looking at how could we integrate this, what could be the way that dress code could kind of take things to the next level. Um, and we've uh, arrived at this. The, the cash cuff, and we are going to do an online payment. I'm going to pay for a beer now. Is that, is that right? <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you see. Free, mate, I thought, so. thought, I'd, thought I'd give you a little bit, a little bit of money into the pot. So, um, typical kind of contactless payment point, and all we do is there you go. You see the green lights go, and that was it. Paid. Shall we see this? Done. Fantastic. So that is that is the cash cuff. Uh, we think that it's got a lot of application, particularly for business travel, um, whether that be on your daily commute or travelling further afield when you don't want to necessarily be taking your wallet out with you to certain places. You can load this with certain amounts of money uh, and control it all through an online app. So that, in a nutshell, is the cash cuff. Thank you very much for your time. A world first, they're paying for stuff with their clothes, which is interesting because normally people have to pay for their clothes. <laughs> really good. Right, voting. Shall we vote for our favourite speakers, yeah? We've, uh, what a diverse bunch of men tonight. Uh, okay, uh, Karen, would you like to explain what people have to do? You need to download the Slido app or go to slido. You just have to type in CTAV and then you will find your speakers there. Click on your favourite one. That's you voting. It's all really, really simple, really, really easy to do. And then we should be able to see in real time how the voting is going. Hopefully. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. So is that, is that it? How does it work? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Pop quiz. Pop quiz. <laughs>
Why is it not working? I don't know how that works. Okay, do you want to maybe go grab the uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's a minute, we're just figuring out how to use it. Oh, you have to, you have to cast a vote. Who I go with? I'm going to go for Josh. Oh, there we go. Oh my god. Josh is in the lead. Ellen is right behind him. If you're Ellen's mum, you might want to vote now. It's very close. We've got 114 votes. I'm going to call it. We're going to close the voting in three seconds. Three. Josh is our winner, give him a big round of applause! Come on, come on, come on, There you go. For the sake of paying a little bit more, where's Ellen? Where's Ellen? Ellen, where is it? Ellen, where's Ellen? Where's Ellen? Ellen, come on, So, Ellen. so, Bless, I have to say something a bit for us. Some of my colleagues very kindly posted on our company. I am not the winner. Oh, the great guys. Come on. Come on. What, a, what a lovely, lovely guy. Oh, my God. There you go. So he's given away his gift. That's lovely. Uh, listen, that, I think that's about it for this part of this evening. Um, do not forget, Andrew is totally in, in the lead on this scooter. If you want to beat his ass and ride that thing home tonight, um, you need to get online. Pictures, lots of pictures, lots of videos. Hashtag ULife, hashtag CTAB. Get it on social media tonight. You can win yourself a scooter. You'll never have to use your muscles and your legs again by wasting time cycling, for God's sake. Who would do that? Okay, so that's really good. We're done in here. We're going to go and get some beers back in the other room and do a bit more networking. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it and have a great evening.